Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Legally 40-ish. This is Allegra, and happy Monday. I'm actually recording this on Sunday, but by the time it comes out, it will be Monday. So another week, it's actually, it's never a bad week when it's a short week, and I actually get another short week this week. I am going on vacation with my husband, my brother, and Natasha. We're actually all going to Seattle this weekend. So um, yeah, we're spending a long weekend up there. I haven't been since I was a kid. So really I'd say I've never been. Um, and yeah, check it out somewhere new. So looking forward to that. It's been a busy week in celebrity legal news and like there's been a lot happening in the Bravo sphere and the Bravo universe. But first, before I get into anything, I forgot last week to tell you guys that I recorded a podcast episode with the girls from Allegedly Bravo Cash and Lauren. It was super fun. It was so much fun. We had a great time. Um, That episode, go to Allegedly Bravo. They have an Instagram and they do have a podcast, obviously. Uh, You can find it wherever you're listening to this. Um, Their episode that I did was, it was the May 15th episode. And that was with, uh, we were discussing Apollo Nida from Real Housewives of Atlanta. And honestly, I had such a good time. It was so fun to not be in the driver's seat, just to get to hang out and talk about Bravo and the legal issues. They are two best friends that met in law school and they're a lot of fun. So check them out for sure. Um, I also, I wanted to tell you all about the dip.com. So the dip, they put out podcasts. Like I really like Bravo historian and she has a podcast called hot off the mess. She's fun. Her name's Samantha Bush. And um, I listened to her podcast. And so the dip They do, like I said, produce podcasts, pop culture related, and they also have an online community called, and you can go to the dip.com. And I think most people are used to getting their content for free. So this is a paid subscription. They are always running promotions. I don't have a promo code because I'm I'm not an influencer, Um, but I'm sure if you go there or reach out, they do have specials going and it's like nothing. So probably it's like less than $10 for a year um, with the promo code. And it's really fun. You'll get some good articles and they have this online community where you can do these community posts. So you're talking about all kinds of different topics, anything from, I mean, I see threads for like Survivor. I don't watch Survivor, but then you'll see, of course, Bravo related and then just general celebrity news. And people are posting, commenting, and you're interacting with other people who like the same thing that you like. So it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. And it's and since you're not on social media, there's like zero toxicity. There's none of that that you're going to get on Instagram or Twitter. Um, so I enjoy it. I suggest you check it out. Again, that's the dip.com with two Ps, D-I-P-P. Anyway, so yeah, let's move on to what happened this week. Obviously, I guess I'll just start with this so we can talk about it and get it over with because I honestly thought when the verdict came out in the Depp and Heard trial that that means we'd be done talking about it, but no, we're not apparently. And here I am talking about it. So, um, but people have asked me, actually, I had lunch with a friend and a former coworker this week and he was like, why aren't you guys covering the Depp, you know, the Depp trial on your podcast and on your Instagram Let me explain my reasons why, but obviously it's been like this incredibly big headline for the last six, seven weeks or so, however long it's been going on. And in fact, I did read an article about how influencers have 
like made money off of covering it. And again, covering it is a little different than what I would consider covering it. They're kind of sensationalizing it and taking um, bits and pieces and, you know, making TikToks and uh, reels and doing that for social media. And, but apparently, I mean, a lot of people consume their news this way now. So um, it's interesting. It's an interesting viewpoint to see that, like, I mean, this has now become a cottage industry for people in the influencer world. And I guess, I guess I'm sort of part of that. Although <laughs> I'm not making any money doing this. I'm just doing this for fun. Um, but, and I'm not making TikToks or reels about it, but um, I would like you know, my perspective is a little bit different. Um, yes, I have my opinions and I like to share them, but I'm also, you know, a legal professional. I like to talk about the legal aspects of things and and dive into those issues. So it's, I hope, a little less sensationalized what I'm doing here. Um, but I will talk briefly about the verdict. So obviously, if you've been paying any attention or even if you haven't, you can't avoid it. Um the verdict did come back this week and the jury found in favor of Johnny Depp and also found in favor of Amber Heard because there was a cross suit. So um, I want to go really quickly over the verdict form because I think people are incredibly confused about what this trial was actually about. And I don't blame them at all because Johnny Depp's legal team did a phenomenal job of kind of distracting from the issues. They put on a trial about whether or not Johnny Depp was abusive to Amber Heard. And that's what the trial was really about from their perspective and the evidence they were putting on and and the show that they were performing. But this was a defamation lawsuit, which we've talked about before. And when it comes down to what the jury has to do, when they get into the jury room and they're deliberating, they have a verdict form. And if you've ever served on a jury, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you might have no idea what I'm talking about. But a verdict form, essentially when you are putting on a case, you have to prove your case. You have to prove the elements of your cause of action. In this case, it's a defamation cause of action. And every cause of action has elements and you have to prove every element of your cause of action. So the jury verdict form, what it does is it takes you through those elements and the jury has to answer these questions, yes or no. And so that's what the jury was doing when they were in the jury room. They actually asked a question that I thought was pretty insightful, but then it confused me when they actually reached their verdict. Um, I think the question was something like, are we supposed to take these particular statements by themselves or the article, the op-ed piece as a whole. And the judge came back and said, you're supposed to take each um, statement separately and determine whether those are defamatory. So there were three statements, three, three statements that they had to look at and determine whether those statements were in fact defamatory. The first statement, and the reason I'm going through this, some of you may be like, yeah, duh, I already know what this is. I have paid close attention and I'm well aware. But if you aren't, I want to share this with you because I think it's really important. And I'm going to tell you why when I'm finished, but here are the three statements. First, the statement is, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. This has to change. That was statement one. And the verdict form asked, um, was the statement made or published by Ms. Heard? Was the statement about Mr. Depp? Was the statement false? The statement 
had, did the statement have a defamatory implication about Mr. Depp? And then it asked uh, yes or no, whether the defamatory implication was designed and intended by Ms. Heard. And then the last question is, due to the circumstances surrounding the publication of the statement, it conveyed a defamatory implication to someone who saw it other than Mr. Depp. So that's like a yes or no. All of the questions you need to answer yes or no to. Um, okay. And that goes for those questions are the same for each of the defamatory or the alleged defamatory statements. So number two, the statement was, then two years ago, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse, and I felt the full force of our culture's wrath for women who speak out. Statement two. And statement three was, I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. Those were the three statements taken by themselves. The jury needed to determine whether those were defamatory. So I think the jury got it wrong. That's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that I believe Amber Heard. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I think that each of these statements taken by themselves, I don't think that, I, don't, I think maybe one of them might be, but I think at least two of them are not defamatory statements. That's my opinion based on the evidence that I heard and based on what the questions are in the verdict form. So I think that, again, Johnny Depp's team did a great job of distracting from the issues and putting on a trial about... Amber Heard's, um, you know, the veracity of her allegations and really put on a trial about all of the allegations she's made over the years. And then I don't think Johnny, or I don't think Amber Heard's team did a very good job of bringing the jury back to what the issues really were in this trial. And so I think that's where they, they really failed. Um, so that's what, that's all I wanted to touch on. That's the only thing I wanted to talk about regarding the verdict it's still, it's wild. I mean, like I said last week, I think it's just gotten so far off the rails. And I think that people are so weird, like so fanatical and just obsessed with him. And I didn't know, I mean, I read somewhere that they call themselves the Deptford wives, the Johnny Depp, like fans, the ladies, you guys, that's weird. Like that's so psycho. So anyway, um, that's all I'm going to talk about. If you didn't know that, then I hope you learned something about what the verdict forms were and what the questions were for the jury. They were never asking, hey, is she telling the truth? Is she a liar? Is she, are these statements or all these allegations she made truthful? Like that's not what the case was about, but that's what it became about. Obviously, the court of public opinion reached the decision they did. And it's just a spectacle, but I hope that we can move on from it. And yeah, that's what's going on on that issue. So let's move on. Is anyone watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I obviously am. Um, I talked about Erica last week, and I'm only going to talk a little bit about her this week. Not that there's any more hmm, lawsuits or anything, any developments that were headline making this week, but her conduct in this week's episode was yikes. It was a little cringy. Um, so sh there was. If you're watching, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not, then you might fast forward to the next topic. But um, she was there in La Quinta at Kyle's house. And the last time they were there was when the 
um, LA Times came out with this piece about Erica and Tom and the whole scandal. And so fast forward a year and here they are back in La Quinta and they kind of bring up how last year Erica was in a bad place and everything that was going on. And she made these statements to the women that were pretty shocking. She was saying that she had something like 12 months for 12 months. Now I've been dragged through the mud for things that I didn't do that never happened. And she goes on to say, we're not even sure that there are people that weren't paid. And Dorit says something like, well, you mean there's a chance that they're lying? And she says, there's a chance. And it was like, I mean, it was pretty bad because the conversation went on and what she was trying to say, but not very artfully, I think was that these are still allegations Nothing has, we haven't reached, there's been no verdict. There's been no finding by a court or jury that Tom, in fact, defrauded certain people and he owes them money. I think that's what she was trying to say, but it was bad. It was like, oh God, Erica, like she's not doing herself any favors. Um, Yes, of course, when there's ongoing litigation and there hasn't been a resolution either way, Yes, they're still fact-finding. They're still trying to get to the bottom of where the money went and, and, and all of those things. So sure. But to say something that we're not even sure that there are people that weren't paid, I mean, based on everything we've heard and we know so far, I mean, I think that's pretty clear. I got to be careful what I say, right? I guess, allegedly. I mean, it, it just was a really, it was not only like not tactful, it was it was it was pretty bad. It was very insensitive. And just there's so many things she could be saying right now while this litigation's ongoing that she's not. And it's just confusing to me who's advising her and why she continues to talk about things um, and just seems so uh, she just has no empathy for the people that have been wronged or allegedly wronged by her husband. So I don't know. I, I'm enjoying the season so far, but that was oh, that was tough to watch this week. Anyway. The last headline or the last thing that was in the news this week that I wanted to talk about involves Miss Nene Lakes. So there has been, she's been in the news actually for legal issues quite a bit the past month or so. And I was, I'm still planning on doing an episode. She sued um, Bravo and NBC for racial discrimination. I haven't covered that yet. It's a pretty in-depth lawsuit. I've read it. I know uh, I'm pretty familiar now with the allegations and uh, what's going on in that lawsuit, but this lawsuit's a little more gossipy and a little more scandalous, which makes it a lot more fun. So the headline, the headline alone just kind of made me giggle. The headline is Nene Leak sued by boyfriend's wife over let un- okay. Let's try that again. <laughs> Nini leaks sued by boyfriend's wife over alleged affair. So Nini is being sued by her boyfriend's wife for allegedly having an affair with him. So of course, Nini says this wasn't an affair. They weren't together anymore. They were separated when their relationship started. But what I thought was interesting about this, I'm just going to read just some allegations from the complaint. So um, this woman sued Nini in North Carolina court, alleging that Nini's relationship with this woman's husband is what led to their separation. Um, it says that 
She and her husband enjoyed a genuine, happy marital relationship and an active sexual relationship prior to his involvement with Nene Lakes. Um, it claims that Nene Lakes and this man engaged in an ongoing, romantic, uninhibited, and adulterous affair without the knowledge or consent of his wife. And as I read that out loud, isn't that kind of redundant? Isn't that what an affair is without the knowledge or consent of someone's wife or spouse? Um, anyway, she further alleges that her husband repeatedly lied to her about his whereabouts. It then goes on to explain how this woman has felt embarrassed or she's faced embarrassment, humiliation, and disgrace uh, when Nini posted intimate pictures with her husband on social media. And she lists her date of separation as December 17th, 2021. Now that date is important because I believe the photos that she's referring to that Nini posted on, I think Instagram were on December 15th. So I'm not positive about that, but it was obviously prior to the date she lists as her separation. Now, what's interesting to me about this is I'm not a fan of like anyone ever blaming the other woman or like talk to your, like, that's your spouse's issue. Right. I mean, I just think that's crazy to be, but she filed a lawsuit against, we'll just call her the other woman because that's what she's alleging. So she's filed a lawsuit against the other woman. And my curiosity was piqued because I was like, is that a thing? Like, can you legally sue someone? Like, I, I just had never heard of that. Obviously, I'm a California attorney. I'm licensed only here in the state of California. But apparently, um, you can sue the other woman in a number of states. So um, that's kind of, that's just what I want to talk about a little bit regarding this, this little gossipy piece of uh, legal news. It's kind of funny to call it legal news because it's more like gossip, but it's, it's a lawsuit. So it's technically legal news, but now apparently an overwhelming majority of the states have abolished these types of lawsuits. They called them heart bomb, um, heart bomb lawsuits, but apparently there are still some states that allow it, um, including Hawaii, New Mexico, North Carolina, Mississippi, South Dakota, and Utah. Um, apparently, New Mexico, although they do allow it, the Court of Appeals has really, they've put out a an opinion that pretty much like they disfavor these lawsuits. Like we don't, we don't want you to, we don't want, we don't like these lawsuits, so don't bring them. Now, um, there's two types of causes of action. Again, I talked about what a cause of action is and, and how that works in civil in a civil case. You in a criminal case, you have like what you're charged with, you know, crimes that you're charged with. In a civil case, we have our causes of action. And the causes of action in a, one of these types of lawsuits, the whole, we'll call it a home wrecker lawsuit. Um, in these types of lawsuits, you can sue for something called criminal conversation. And the second one is alienation of affection. So even though it's called criminal conversation, it's not. It's not a crime. Um, this is a civil cause of action. Um, but essentially what you're asking the court to do is to order the homewrecker, order the other woman to pay you money to for the damages that you've suffered based on them stealing your husband from you. Um, and apparently, I think part of it is you have to actually prove that you had a happy, loving good relationship. And it's only the fact that this other woman came in, stole your husband, 
um, and that's the cause of your marriage ending. That's when you can sue this person. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I think it's also really outdated, really gross, and doesn't really... I, I, I think it's pretty stupid um, because like I said before, I don't think that's an issue that you should be taking up with the other woman. It should be something you're dealing with with your husband. Clearly he stepped out on his marriage. He had the commitment to you. Um, so I think it's dumb, but it's a valid cause of action. It's a legitimate lawsuit in the state of North Carolina where this lawsuit was filed. Now, I don't know where these two were married, or how North Carolina can have jurisdiction over the case because Nene is obviously a Georgia resident. So I'm not really sure, but I would have to guess that perhaps maybe that's where they live. I don't actually have the complaint. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a copy of it online. So I don't have all the details from the complaint, but I would assume that they must have some sort of connection to North Carolina, but yeah, that's what's happening. Um, Those are the only stories I wanted to touch on this week. I did briefly want to mention there was a whole bunch of, I I can't even keep up with it. So that's why I was actually going to cover this Lisa Rinna feud that was going on on Instagram this week, but it's so confusing. And if you have any idea what I'm talking about, then you're probably just as confused as I was. But basically Lisa Rinna got into it with someone who alleged, they claimed to be Kathy Hilton's assistant. And there was like an issue of doxing. And I, the reason I was going to talk about, talk about it at all is because I didn't know what doxing was. I don't know if that's because I'm 40 ish and I'm not hip to terminology, but I had not heard the term doxing um, until I heard it actually on um, Bravo historians podcast, but I didn't look it up then. And then I heard it again. And with respect to this Lisa Rinna feud on Instagram, but apparently doxing is when you publish personal information about someone else. So she posted the telephone number of this person publicly, and then people start calling them. And I don't know, I was going to do a whole deep dive into doxing and the legality of it, but I won't. But if you didn't know what doxing was, now you know. I never heard of it. It's kind of like online bullying, but you're publishing public information about someone to try to take them down. You can publish their phone number, their address, their work, you know, basically you're trying to drag someone online and, and ruin them. Um, should be illegal, but I don't believe it is based on the little bit of research I did. Anyway, there was just a whole lot happening this week. There's, I'm too busy to keep up. And also it was too messy to even follow, but, um, that's what's happening. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. I really appreciate it. Go check out that episode of Allegedly Bravo. Those girls are great. You should subscribe and listen to them. Um, Yeah, that's it for today. Like I said, I'll be gone next week. I will try to get an episode out. We're not coming back till Monday, so it might be late, but I will work on putting something together regardless and get something out next week. So again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, please download, please rate and review and follow me on Instagram at legally40ish. Until next week. Thank you. Bye.